previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Did I not just say I wish Kansas City had a better number two receiver? That, my friend, was magnificent. And the Astros, the American League West champs. This goes back to Buddy Ryan. He was the first guy that really presented that to us. Hey, we're going to be a defense. We're going to take a lot of chances, and we're going to live off the turnover. That's the way you beat teams like the Saints. That's the way you beat teams like Tampa Bay. Jackson, Alabama and them, we kind of know what you are. I'm a little sensitive when you start talking about comebacks. He tried to seek a religious exemption. The NBA was like, hell no. He's the kind of guy that knows just enough to prove that he don't know you overthinking it, bro. You're making it too complicated. You're so smart, you're dumb. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, and once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh, mama, there goes that man. You Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad to have you here for another edition, edition what, 233? I think that's what number we're on now. Welcome aboard. If this is your first time, thank you so much for checking us out. And we hope that we become a regular part of your podcast menu, something that you listen to every week. Check in with us from time to time. Well, really, frequently. We want those interactions. And if you don't have a podcast menu, you should get one because there's a lot of great stuff out there, not the least of which is this podcast. But there are ways to learn more about us and be more interactive. And the first way I'll tell you about is wadeswordproductions.com. That's wadeswordproductions.com. You can go learn more about me, learn about some of the other things that are going on. And also, you can subscribe to the email list so you can get periodic emails from your boy. Uh, we will send out emails when things uh, we have events and stuff that will be coming up. As we emerge from this global pandemic, I'm the last one to step out onto the ice. One of the last ones. Been really, really reluctant to do so. But we have some things that will be coming up in the future, and I want you to be a part of that. And the best way is to get an email to remind you, hey, D-Wade and the crew are going to be here, there, or somewhere, and you can come out and be a part of that. Also, you can ask a question, make a comment, be on this podcast with your question, comment, your take. I ask questions all of the time, and you guys can answer those questions at 832-941-6614. That's the sports line, 832-941-6614. Also on social media. Sports Talk with Devin Wade group and the fan page on Facebook. The group, join the group. A lot of posts every day, a lot of interaction, a lot of going back and forth, and it's all friendly and fun. That's the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook, and then like the fan page. In addition to that, on Twitter, at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. So all of those ways are ways to be a part and really be as interactive as uh, you want to be. Because we want to hear from you. The more comments and feedback that we get from you guys, the better. We want this to be as interactive as possible. Well, coming up this time, we have our guy Terrence Harris from the Defender Network. He'll be doing his thing. He will do a an edition of Ballin' or Fallin'. In addition to him, we will have a D-Nice segment. So I'll tell you not only who was nice, but who was D-Nice. In addition to that, you know each episode we have to have a Lamont Award for the big dummy 
of the episode. And we'll hear from our DJ, DJ Anarchy, and a whole lot more. So with that, let's get started with some headlines. In headlines, so much is going on around the world of sports. You talk about the MLB playoffs, the Astros getting set for another run at yet another World Series. And I will tell you this, I'm excited. I've been watching. I watched the Yankees go down and defeat. So when you hear from Eddie Robinson next time, I, I wish somebody would call and heckle him on the sports line and give him the blues because he's a Yankees fan. The Yankees went down in the wild card game versus the Red Sox. Now the Red Sox take on Tampa Bay and the Astros take on the White Sox. That is going to be great, great. I'm excited about this. And I've, I'm really sort of, as we seem to be bidding farewell to Carlos Correa, like it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to leave in free agency, which probably which is more likely than not the case, which is starting to get under my skin. He is quickly becoming, he's one of my top 10 all-time favorite Houston athletes. He's not quite top five. Maybe he's top five. I have to think about that. Top five Houston athletes. This dude is about it. And I'm, I keep talking about him more and more. He's clutch. He's won a championship here. He's a leader here. He's he's a dog. He's about that life. And he, when they were talking bad about us, he was like, "All right, what you gonna do now?" You know, we that didn't have anything to do with anything. We beat y'all. He defended his teammates. He defended himself. He fought and represented the city. I want him back, and I want Dusty Baker back because I'm getting a little bit of con- uh, concern. It hadn't even really been on my radar. Until you start to hear, hey, Dusty, he wants to come back. Things are going well. Why does he not have a deal? I just thought that was just sort of a a rubber stamp on giving him a new couple of years. I know he's older, but he's in good health. He knows how to lead this team. He's done remarkable things in his tenure, bailing us out of the fire. So those are the two things that have to happen. you got to keep Carlos Correa. I don't know what else you have to do, but you for sure have to keep Carlos Correa. There are other moving parts around there that you can deal with, but you got to keep Carlos Correa and you have to keep Dusty Baker. Now, I just hope that we win a World Series. So Dusty is, you know, it's just, I mean, it shouldn't be a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer anyway. The only manager in MLB history to win five division titles with five different teams. Man is a, a legend. And just think, I grew up hating him. Not hating him, hating his Dodgers. See, I don't remember him from the Atlanta Braves when he played with Hank Aaron and that team. I remember him with Davey Loeb, Steve Garvey, Steve Yeager. Um, who else was on that team? Let's see. Who else? Reggie Smith was on that team. Steve Sachs. Those guys. That team. Yeah. Uh, Fernando Valenzuela. Who actually I like? I like Fernando. I mean, everybody got caught up in that. Who else was on that Dodgers team? I hated the Dodgers. I mean, I always you always root for the brothers, but... There were so many brothers, you didn't have to root, root for them. You had, But you did have Davey Lopes, who I liked. Uh, Steve Garvey, I didn't, care. I didn't care for the Dodgers. Uh, Lasorda, they were our rivals. We were in the NL West. We, when I say they were our rivals, they were the Astros' rivals, as we, they, were in the uh, NL West. So that was a long, long time ago. But, yeah, just think, he was one of the arch rivals, and now this dude, is uh, like one of my favorite managers, one of the favorite leaders to ever lead a team in this city. So, hey, 
So goes the fandom of players and teams and all of the good stuff. So that's going on. Let's hope that the Astros can pull that out. We'll be commenting on that. Maybe we'll get somebody on to talk about the Astros at some point. Also in the NFL, NFL, a lot of stuff going on in the NFL. Jalen Smith was released. And Stephon Gilmore, former defensive player of the year, although he's been hurt with the Patriots, he got traded yesterday for a sixth-round pick. Thought he would hit free agency. And had he hit free agency, I was hoping, because this year I'm rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs, I was hoping that he may end up with the Chiefs or maybe with Seattle. I don't know. But it ended up he, go, he ended up going to Carolina. He's still not going to play right away, but that's happening. Jalen Smith, again, they, says, uh, they say he slowed down a little bit. And in the new coaching schemes of the defensive minds of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, he didn't fit in as well. So he is gone, and uh, he has a little bit of a Lamont Award coming up. We'll have to tell you about that maybe in an upcoming episode. But unfortunate for him, but he's uh, still a really good player. But, you know, again, if the coaching staff changes and what they want and how they align themselves, if those things change, sometimes you're not the guy anymore, and clearly Jalen Smith isn't. We're still getting over the hangover of the all of the pomp and circumstance behind New England taking on Tom Brady. And I will say this, I thought Belichick did a, a really good job of uh, defending Tom Brady and putting his team in a position where they almost won that game. But nonetheless, that happened. A lot of stuff happened in the NFL when you talk about the Rams losing. We'll talk a little bit about the Rams falling and also like the Saints are going through whatever they're going through and the Texans got humiliated. So that is a rough situation. And you look around the NFL, the Cowboys offensively, man, they are doing work, but they low key gave up a lot of points late in that game. Uh, they won, what, 36-28. But, you know, they, they dominated that game. And maybe you could say it was garbage time and Carolina just put up some points. But still, you gave up a lot of points. You scored a lot of points. So good for you on that front. So we'll have to see what happens with the Cowboys. But certainly they are entertaining and they're doing their thing on uh, the offensive side of football for sure. Um, I will come to you a little bit later on with uh, the players that I thought and the teams that would be nice over the weekend. So we'll get into some of that. Also, we gave him a Lamont Award last time, and it looks like he's going to earn it. And I'm talking about Kyrie Irving. Now, Andrew Wiggins, after he was his his religious exemption was rejected, he has gotten a shot. He's good. He's not going to leave that money on the table. But Kyrie, as of now, has not gotten a shot. He could not practice with his team. NBA preseason is underway. Now, I, I peeked in a little bit on the Washington Wizards and the Rockets the other night. I'm just, I'm not there yet. Now, the season tips off in a couple weeks, though. Uh, October the 20th is the start of the NBA season. So, man, just a seems like a really short offseason for those guys. And we'll be right back at it in the NBA. So we'll be talking some NBA basketball for sure. But when you talk a little bit about his situation, still no shot, can't practice with the team. I posed a question to you guys, and you can give me a call on this one. Do you trade Kyrie Irving if you're the Brooklyn Nets? And if you aren't caught up, let me catch you up real quick. Kyrie plays for the Brooklyn Nets in New York City and in the San Francisco Bay Area, you cannot play in games in arenas without a vaccination. Kyrie does not want to get the vaccination, and Andrew Wiggins did. He finally got his. And so what the problem is is that 
He cannot practice with his team. He cannot play in any of the home games. He can't play versus the Knicks when they go across town. So those 40-plus games, we're looking at about 43, 44 games that he won't be able to participate. And he's given up 300-some-odd thousand, $381,000 a game, I think is the total, for every game that he misses. Now, again, I labeled him a new fool. And, and again, I know you can't do everything for money. I guess if this means that these are your convictions, but what stupid convictions to have? Why do you not want to protect yourself and others by getting the vaccinated? But anyway, I'm not going to get down that road, but to leave, I mean, this is how the money's so big that these guys have zero perspective. Just give me a couple of years of making $381,000 a year and I won't complain. I'll take a, a couple more shots if you want me to. Everybody has their own conviction, but bro, if you Brooklyn, what do you do with this dude? You got to go. I, I can't do anything with you. You're not helping me. So I'm, I only have you on the road? No, no, no. It's too much. We don't need this. If we're trying to legit make a run, this is not some off market where you need to sell tickets. And, and you couldn't even sell home tickets if he was on your team and you needed the publicity. Because he's not going to play in front of your home fans. Can you imagine him going a whole season not playing in front of his home fans? What does that do to the chemistry of that team? You got Durant, Harden. You got, you got enough. You got some talent on that team. You don't just have to have him. I think you get rid of him. He got to go. He, you got to go, bro. You're not helping me. And, yeah, I'm saving a bunch of money if I'm the Nets organization. But if you are legit, and they have been legitimately trying to put together a championship team. Kyrie and Durant came for that purpose. They added Harden. Harden wanted to be there for a championship. Not to play together, not because they best friends. They wanted to win a championship. How are you going to do that with a man not playing 44 games? Can't play in any of the home, the, uh, home playoff games either. So I don't know what he plans to do or what his agenda is, but it's just really, really stupid. He's just stupid. Just get the shot. But, again, this is a guy to try to convince his teammates. That the earth was flat. So give me your take on that. 832-941-6614. We do have a Lamont Award pertaining to the NFL. And you probably can guess who's going to get the Lamont Award this episode. But right now, I got to take a brief time out. Come back on the other side. And we are going to tell you not only who was nice, but who was D-nice. This is Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages 6 weeks to 5 years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, before we go forward, and we have a lot of stuff still left to go, I want to tell you, I'll uh, give you a little TSU update for those of you who don't know. Texas Southern won homecoming 69-0 Saturday versus North American. And that offense uh, continues to roll. Special teams were fantastic. And for the first time, the defense really played up to their potential. Again, now it was not your usual opponent, but it's good to have that kind of work and get that kind of work in. And that's exactly what the Tigers were able to do Saturday. This Saturday, we go to Globe Life Stadium or Globe Life Park in Arlington, Texas for the Arlington Classic Showdown. So all of the folks from Southern, the Jaguar Nation, they'll be in the building. TSU, the Maroon and Great Faithful will be in the building. And you can catch all of the action Saturday. No abbreviated pregame, but kickoff is at 4 p.m. right on KTSU Choice 90.9, your community station. So you definitely want to check that out. Me and Larry the Chatterbox here will bring you all of the action. But right now, I want to tell you about the Players Sunday who were not only nice, they were extra special because they were D-nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. When you're talking about teams that would be nice, you have to start with the Buffalo Bills defense. They emasculated the talentless Texans offense. Not only did they shut out the Texans, they ravaged them with three sacks, four interceptions, and one fumble recovery. They were D-nice. I've been raving about the Los Angeles Rams for weeks now. Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals quarterback, pushed my mouth. The Cardinals pushed the Rams around on the way to a 37-20 victory, handing the Rams their first loss on the season. The Cardinals may very well be serious, but they certainly were D-nice. Not to be outdone in the NFC West, the hard-to-explain Seattle Seahawks recovered from losing two of their first three games, including a loss to the Minnesota Vikings, their only win on the season, by defeating the San Francisco 49ers 28-21 on the road in San Francisco. Russell Wilson was clutch, and the Hawks are D-nice. The Los Angeles Chargers picked up the slack for the other L.A. team by defeating a former L.A. team, the Las Vegas Raiders 28-14. Austin Eckler ran for 117 yards and a touchdown on 15 carries, and Justin Herbert tossed three touchdowns, and the Chargers were D-nice. In the NFL, you gotta kick a team when they're down, and New York Giants certainly know a thing or two about getting kicked over the last few years. But on Sunday, they did the kicking, beating the New Orleans Saints 27-21, while the Saints are going through it. The Giants getting their first win on the season is D-nice. When you talk about players that were D-nice, you have to start with the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill. There aren't many players around the NFL as exciting as he is when he's rolling. On Sunday, he had 11 receptions, 186 yards, and three touchdowns in a 42-30 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. He was D-nice. A lot of folks think that the Washington football team's defense is first, last, and everything for that team, but on the offensive side, Terry McLaurin had six receptions, 123 yards, and two touchdowns in a 34-30 victory over the Atlanta Falcons. He was D-nice. In the offseason, wide receiver Corey Davis left the Tennessee Titans to join the New York Jets. Well, on Sunday, he gave his former team that work. Four receptions, 111 yards, and one touchdown. In the Jets' first victory of the season, an upset 27-24 victory over the Titans, Corey Davis was 
D-Nice. We talked about his team. Let's talk about the young man, Saquon Barkley, the running back for the New York Giants. Man, it is good to see him coming back. He had 126 yards in total offense. He had five receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown, while he added 52 yards on the ground for a touchdown. He is D-Nice. Well, finally, it looks like we were talking a little bit too loud and too much about Tony Pollard for Ezekiel Elliott's taste. He bounced back. On Sunday, he had 20 carries for 143 yards and a touchdown. He and his team and all of these teams and all of these players were D-Nice. We're that going to take another brief time out and hear from our sponsor, Coban Holmes, and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. On the other side, Terrence Harris from the Defender Network. We have on the Mon Award and a special edition of Ballin' or Fallin'. This is Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. You can definitely check him out on SoundCloud or on YouTube, on Instagram. Look for DJ Anarchy. He performs around the city of Houston. He performs all over, but he does his thing. And he has uh, he has his band of followers, and I'm sure it's a vibe, and you definitely want to check that out. If you have music you want heard on the podcast, you can submit it by emailing us at music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. And the genre doesn't matter. We'll play anything. We'll play a snippet at the halfway point and uh, the entire track or an extended portion of a mix at the end of the podcast. So we do want it to be ready. 
relatively family friendly. I mean, not you know, not too bad, not too rough. But uh, aside from that, we would certainly love to hear your music and share it with our thousands of listeners each and every time out. So again, that's music at wagewordproductions.com. Want to take a look at the NFL before we get into our conversation with King T. The NFC West, couple big games in the NFC West. Thursday night, Seattle uh, hosts Los An- the Los Angeles Rams. It's a pretty big game for early in the season. We're talking week five. Now it's a 17-game schedule, so it's not make or break. But, again, these matchups are significant for certain teams. Seattle, when you think they're on top, they let you down. When you think they're bottomed out, they bounce back. We'll see what they do against the Rams at home. That's going to be a tough one. Maybe Seattle wins that one. I don't know. Also in the NFC West, Arizona, are they the real deal? I, I'm not convinced. Maybe maybe it's just me, but I'm just not convinced about the Arizona Cardinals. But they keep putting in work. So let's see what happens. I don't know who's going to be a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Maybe Trey Lance. Garoppolo has a uh, – Jimmy Garoppolo has a calf injury. We don't know how severe – he's sort of day-to-day from the indications, but we don't know if he will – play or not. Justin Fields in Chicago will be the starter for the foreseeable at quarterback. And uh, uh, that decision has been made partly because Andy Dalton couldn't get healthy and partly because Matt Nagy needs to save his job. So that's happening. Now, a couple of, now there's really not a such thing as a must win in week five, but if there is, Pittsburgh has to win at home versus Denver. I mean, we are throwing dirt all over Big Ben and the Steelers. We're just digging it. We've dug the grave. They're in the grave now. We're just throwing dirt on them. Let's see if they can climb out of <laughs> out of the grave and get a win. Uh, Houston, terrible. And they have a rookie quarterback coming their way, Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. They need a win on the season. So both of those teams are one and three. Let's see what if uh, New England can rebound or if Houston is still going to come out swinging. So that and a number of other games, including Kansas City hosting Buffalo, that's a fun matchup. Let's see if uh, Kansas City can get better defensively. They have to get – thought they could get Stephon Gilmore. Thought that they could maybe even get Jalen Smith. Uh, and not, no, not happening for them. So they'll have to deal with what they have and see if they can get better. And Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills will certainly test them. Want to get into our conversation with King T. Terrence Harris from the Defender Network. He's a a really accomplished writer. He's been a sports writer for many, many years, but he can also do other things as it pertains to writing. And uh, he has uh, some very interesting things, including an episode of uh, Ballin' or Fallin'. Let's hear from King T. King T is back aboard, of course, of the Defender Network and many other places. The man is a very accomplished journalist. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. How you doing, brother? Great. I know you're in the midst of a lot of different things. You have NFL, you got college football, you have the Astros and postseason baseball, you have even basketball. Uh, what have uh, what's stuck out to you over the last couple of weeks since the last time we've talked to you, and what kind of things have you been looking into? Man, I mean, just really, honestly, just how down things are and and a couple of the sports that we're used to being excited about. I mean, I think that coming away from last week and that Bills game, I mean, you know, you just have to – that was sobering. I mean, it kind of lets you know where things are. I mean, with this franchise, uh, with with football and basketball, 
I don't see them being able to win for for a while. Now, obviously, the Astros, the Astros got it right, man. I mean, I just hope they do the right thing by Dusty after this season and take good care of him, and uh, you know, and, and, and make sure he sticks around for a little bit. Yeah, it seems like a foregone conclusion that Carlos Correa is gone. I'm wondering, and I'm kind of curious, like, what what is the holdup on the Dusty Baker deal? Now, initially, I know when he came back, it was like, okay, well, he's an older guy, and how much longer does he want to do it? But obviously, he's doing well with it. He's, I mean, done a, a tremendous job winning the division, and it seems like he's in good health. He's ready to go forward. It seems like that deal would have gotten done already. Yeah, but I mean, but clearly they had another plan. And I mean, I think, you know, we, we always knew it. I mean, they brought Dusty in because they needed his reputation. They needed him more than he needed them at the time. But, you know, he's kind of right at the ship. I mean, things are, are steady now. Um, and, and, and nobody's really talking about the cheating scandal and all that other stuff or sign stealing scandal. That's no longer being mentioned. And so I think Dusty's come in, kind of loaned them his reputation. And now they don't really need him, so you know. Well, I think it, they do need him. I mean, they well, need- but if they did, they would they would have offered him a contract or a deal. He's waiting. I mean, he's he said, "Hey, I'm willing to stay." I cannot imagine. I mean, they could not squander all this goodwill by not bringing him back after what he's done with this team. Uh, especially not even this year. This year has been amazing, but last year what he did in the postseason was extremely amazing, getting all those rookie arms going. I mean, this dude really brought rookies to the party, and they won, and they almost won it all. <laughs> you know, I went back to the World Series. Yeah, so this should have been easy, man. I mean, this should have already been done. Yeah. If, if, they, if they wanted to do it, it would have already been done. I think, you know, the problem is, is I think they're going to look kind of crazy, and I think hopefully they'll look at this and see, you know, now nah, we don't want this look. That's extending for a year or two and keep riding it. Yeah, because I agree with what you said, that I think you initially wanted to bring him in as a stopgap, clean up everything, and then sort of move forward with some young, you know, analytics guy. But he's so good at what he does. I mean, the only manager to win divisions on five different teams as a manager, I mean, he's just done a, a tremendous job. And you look at that offense. You have the number one hitter, the highest batting averages in the AL. Are two with the first two are Astros. Michael Brantley, number two, and Yuri Gurriel is the leader. You know he exactly. won the batting title in the American League. So really excited about the Astros. Yeah, yeah I think everybody is. I mean, I, heck, that's all we really got to be excited about these days. To be honest with you. As you go around your sort of your travels and around, are you seeing, uh, feeling the energy, especially from the African-American crowd for baseball, for the Astros? Because I don't, back in the day, I'm telling you, the Astros got way more love across the board. It seems to be that just the, the African-American audience is just not there for baseball like it used to be. Yeah, I mean, they, they just, I mean, MLB dropped about, dropped the ball on this a long time ago, man. But, you know, really just not really marketing their game anymore to the African-American community. And they, they weren't putting African-American players on the field. I mean, they were putting black players on the field, but they weren't African-American players, if you if you will. And so I think that made a difference. And they, like I said, they just stopped marketing the game. And I think everybody's kind of felt that effect over the years. I mean, you know, you got to do a better job, I think, of making people feel welcome and, and getting people excited about it. And, and that just hasn't happened. 
I want to shift gears and go to the NFL. Now, you did mention the the Texans, and I don't talk a lot about them because I don't think that they are a serious franchise these days. And, of course, they don't care about our listeners, well, my listeners. They don't care about, you know, our coverage. So I don't really know what they're doing. They're rudderlessship, and although I love Cully, and, and I'm root for him, he's a positive guy. I mean, when Tyrod went down, just all the flaws were exposed. And I was wrong about Sunday. I thought, okay, this team is not going to get blown out, you know, like this. And yet, when you put in Davis Mills, who certainly is not the future of this franchise, uh, I mean, (laughs) everything, I mean, five turnovers in that game. I mean, what do you, how do you start to even rebuild this thing? I don't know. I mean, you know, I think, you know, you have, there's been talk that they, They've uh, they've reached out to Josh McCown to pull him out of retirement at 70 years old. <laughs> and, you know, he's obviously not that old, but, yeah. And then I don't really understand why you don't – if you don't call him, call Cam. Yeah. You know, yeah. call, well, call how Cam. Long, how I mean, much long is Tyrod supposed to be out? Well, he said two more weeks. Two more weeks is what he, he's, he's guesstimating. Now, um, and know, it's going to really feel bad for this franchise when Mac Jones comes in on Sunday and dissects this team. <laughs> yeah, and you'll see just how far you are, you know, far away you are. I mean, you know, because I think at one point you, you honestly looked at this game with Tyrod Taylor and thought this was a win. This was one of those, you know, one of those five first-year uh, quarterback teams that you're facing, and you had to feel good about being able to, to beat that team. But, I mean, you know, you, you can't do it with Davis. I'm sorry. You know, it's just not going to happen. You got to have Tyrod. And, and think about this. His, okay, you got the Patriots and the Colts. And then it gets really difficult three out of four weeks. You have to go to the Cardinals and J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins waiting for you. And then you have Matt Stafford and the Rams coming in. And, it, yeah, it's going to be – they better win. I don't see a win if they can't beat the Colts, who seem to be struggling quite a bit. If they can't beat the Colts, I don't see them. Maybe the Dolphins. And then – uh, hey, I don't know. Do you even count them defeating the Jets? What do you think about that? Uh, no, I mean not right now. You can't. I mean, did you just see what the Jets just did this past weekend? No, right. You can't. Yeah, you can't count that as a win. That, that has to be looking like a, 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 a L for sure. But I just don't think that this team has the talent to, to really beat most NFL teams right now. They, they just don't. And what I get from the fan base, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I don't get anger. I don't get frustration. I get apathy. Like, we just don't care. I mean, what are you getting? Can you, can you blame them? I mean, I think that the way that they, they've they handled this whole Deshaun Watson situation has been just, you know, mind-boggling. I mean, and I just don't understand it. Uh, you, you're not going to get rid of this guy, it doesn't seem. I mean, I, it looks like, I mean, for a minute there, it looked like Miami and, and, and Philadelphia were probably ready to pull the trigger. But I don't know that that's really the case because it, it it was all of this excitement a week ago and now it's kind of quiet. If he's not going to go and you're paying him all of this money, dude, suit up, dude. I think, again, the NFL and the Texans and Deshaun had this agreement where we're not going to put you on the exempt list, but we're just not going to play you. And, you know, I think it just it, – it, it creates – it takes away pressure from the league and setting precedents and all of that stuff. And I think it's probably even best for Deshaun to not have that hanging around his neck. I, I don't know. It just seems like this is how they're going to move forward. Because I guarantee you, if they talk about starting Deshaun Watson, watch how fast Roger Goodell gets on the horn and says, nope, exempt. 
I mean, that's just my belief. Well, we'll make the NFL make a decision. I mean, I, I have no problem with that. If that's what they're going to do, ultimately, then, then, then make them, you know, make them make a decision. Uh, and, and I think also it would move the money into a different pot, you know, that would be more favorable to the Texans, I believe, too. I don't know. But, I don't get that. I don't think they get relief if a player is on the exempt list because he still gets his money. I don't know if they get cap relief. Yeah, he gets his money. I mean, but I, I think it's, it's somehow looked at different. I mean, but I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not well versed on that one, so let me not go down that road. But I, I would like to see the Texans force the NFL's hand and make them, you know, make them have to make a decision because right now the NFL is kind of, you know, sat on his hands, and people and it leaves people confused about why nobody's made a move for this guy. I mean, and, and clearly it's because I'm, it's kind of like what you said. Inside the circles, they know that the minute that dude is traded, he's gonna go. He's gonna be pushed on the exempt list. Yeah, so it's gonna be tough, and and I don't know when this is gonna be resolved. But yeah, it's not looking like we're gonna see him on the field soon. I mean, this year, and then we'll really have to see what happens in, in court and, and with this uh, district attorney and what if they bring charges, if they indict him or anything. So it's a lot of uh, moving pieces with that. But you know what? I also brought you on for a segment that we call Ballin' or Ballin'. This is when I give you a couple of options. I give you three teams, and you tell me if that team is balling or falling. Uh, and let's start with the NFC West. Now, you I mean you talk about a tough, tough division with San Francisco, with Seattle, with Arizona, and the L.A. Rams. Let's talk a little bit about the L.A. Rams. That's the team I predicted to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. They started out 3-0 and with a big win last weekend versus the Buccaneers. And then this past Sunday, they get blown out. Not blown out, but they get handled, really handled by the Arizona Cardinals. Are the Los Angeles Rams balling or falling moving forward? Dude, I mean, they're falling. I, I just don't believe in Matthew Stafford. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't believe in him, you know, as, as, as that type of guy. I see them as definitely falling. Well, see, here's my thing with them. And, and I thought Matt Stafford looked like, yeah, he looked like a version of Jerry Goff on Sunday. But I also worry that they can't consistently run the football because a lot of stuff they do is based off of, you know, running successfully and a lot of the motion and stuff that they like to do off of play action is predicated on them being able to run the ball without Cam Akers and, you know, being banged up. You you have Sonny Michelle and and, uh, Henderson Jr. back in the backfield. Yeah, I worry about them. So, but I, I still think that they'll redeem themselves. Another tough matchup this week versus Seattle. So we'll have to follow that one. It'll be interesting. I mean, but yeah, I mean the NFC West is is, is definitely them in the AFC West. I mean, you can't take anything away from either one of those those two West uh, leagues. I mean, right now they're balling. They're conferences. You talk about the AFC West. Let's go to the AFC West. Now, everybody was on uh, the Raiders. The Raiders got off to a great start with the wins against the Ravens and the Steelers, and then they lose last night to the Chargers on the road. Are the Las Vegas Raiders balling or falling? I think they're balling. Yeah, I really do. I think, I mean, I, I like them. I think, you know, yeah, they, they came up against a tough team in a tough situation. And they didn't start out great the other night, uh, last night. But they, I mean, I like the way that they finished. And, uh, and I think the car kid, I mean, I, I've always kind of privately 
rooting for him. And I mean, and so it's, it's really good to see him finally kind of getting his, his just due. Yeah, I mean, and again, uh, you talk about uh, the Chargers doing work uh, and Justin Herbert, you're talking about another young quarterback who looks like he has 10, 15 years of, of success in the NFL on the horizon. So it, I don't think it's embarrassing to lose that game on the road. But again, you have to sort of, you, you have to right the ship this week versus the, the Bears and then the Broncos. You got to beat these teams. They have a pretty easy schedule, honestly, coming up. Yeah. So they should be right there in the thick of things. I think uh, that the Raiders actually are balling. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, and not to worry because uh, the Cleveland Browns are going to come into L.A. this upcoming weekend and, and take care of the Chargers for them. So they'll be okay. <laughs> so they'll be right back in the mix, right? Right, baby. Uh, well, finally, in ball and the falling, let's go to that AFC North division. Let's talk a lot. Let's talk a little bit about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. After losing the season opener at the Raiders, they beat the Chiefs, the Lions, and the Broncos. Not a murderer's row, aside from, of course, that, that big win over Kansas City. Are the Baltimore Ravens balling or falling? Oh, they're balling, man. They're balling. Balling. You know, that's what they do. I mean, you know, they, they ball during the regular season. I mean, you know, Lamar Lamar Jackson is the king of the regular season. In my opinion, he'll win it every year. He'll win he'll he'll win the regular season every year. It's the postseason that's the problem for them. Yeah, and then of course I kind of wrote them off. I wrote them all the way off because of the injuries in the backfield, and and then of course uh, uh, on the defensive side you have some injuries as well. But they still have been able to successfully run the football, and they went to a tough Denver Broncos team and really beat up on them, and and really knocked uh, Teddy Bridgewater out of the game. They're firing on all cylinders down the stretch. I mean, the, the most disappointing team obviously is the Pittsburgh Steelers in that division. But boy, how about the Cincinnati Bengals, three and one. Yeah, I mean, you know, they got a quarterback. I mean, that's the thing. In this league, when you have a good quarterback, I mean, it really does solve a lot of problems. And Joe Burrow shows you that in Cincinnati. I mean, you know, and we saw it last year. I mean, even though they didn't win a lot, you know, and then he got injured, but, but prior to his injury, uh, even though they weren't winning, they, you could just see what was coming. And you could see this guy's going to be trouble, and the Bengals are going to be trouble eventually. And so here we are. I mean, you know, he – you got reason to really be excited about them. You got three franchises in that league who have young quarterbacks who I think you can all be excited about. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. The NFL is off to a great, great start. To me, and I see if you agree with me on this one, I just think the NFL season has been really exciting and unpredictable to this point. Yeah, definitely, and that's what, that's what they want. I mean, you know, they, they've been hoping for parity for all of these years, and they have it. I mean, you know, for a minute there, it looked like the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were about to, to build this monopoly and just run roughshod for a number of years. And now, I mean, I think, you know, teams have kind of, you know, solved them a little bit, and, and, that de- and their defense, Kansas City cannot win with that defense. They're yeah, that's a big problem. Yeah. What yeah, about Josh be- Gordon on that team, though? They, now you got to – I mean, if he's right, if he's if he's healthy, if his mind is healthy, their problem is not offense, though, man. I mean, it's defense. I mean, they they they, they scored forty points this past week, I believe, but they gave up thirty. Well, you know, and the thing about it is I think you're exactly right on the defensive side, but I also say, you know, they've been uh, turning over the ball more than 
they have. You know, you talk about the couple of really big fumbles by Edwards Hilaire, and you talk about some of the stuff that Mahomes did with the ball against the, the Chargers. It just, you know, uh, again, you talk about a, a defense that's given up, let's see, 29, 36, 30, and 30 again. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, one of the worst defenses in the entire NFL. Can they right the ship? Can they fix some of these things before the end of the season? It's, it's hard to fix it. It's, it's hard to fix it in season. I mean, it really is. You know, you can you can obviously look for some trades and see if you can come up with, you know, kind of fix your weakness. I, you know, but I think that they got they have weaknesses on the front and the back end. So that's their problem right now is you know you, you know trying to get the right people in place. And I mean, and it would take some. It would take a great trade, and it means you give it up. You're gonna have to give up something you really really value in order to get it. And I and I love Josh. I want. I mean, I root for Josh, but man, I just don't know that you really want that distraction on your team right now. Well, I, I don't mean, think. That, I mean, I think if he gets to be a distraction, they'll get rid of him quick. But he did some things for Seattle a few years ago that was that was good. Before we let you get that. Yeah, before we let you get out of here, I want to ask you about HBCU football. You've been doing some stuff with the SWAC. Talk a little bit about some of the things you've been writing about uh, as it pertains to the SWAC and, and some of the observations you have on on uh, some of the teams around the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, I've been writing about, I mean, about both of our, our teams here, local teams here, TSU, and, and, and wondering if this is going to be the year to write the ship. I mean, you know, you got to like the young kid body. I think that you know he 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 makes some mistakes, but I believe that you know they're they're growing with him and he he's growing, and you know it's going to be real interesting to see you know what what McKinney can do there because uh, you got to get that turned around. Then you look at Prairie View. I, I I like I think what what Dooley has established is he has a program now, and, and sometimes that that doesn't mean you got the best players, but you got a system in place. And you can ride that system, and I think that's what he's doing uh, with these guys. I mean, and, and giving them a time, giving them a chance to grow in it. And I do. I, I personally, I really like Juwan Pass. I think that he was a great secret that they kept. I mean, you know, and, and never let anybody know that he was there until they had to. And so I thought that was incredible. I mean, he's, you know, he's he's helping them. I mean, even even when his, his numbers aren't necessarily great, I think the threat of him helps with things too. Yeah, big arm. I mean, I, he threw a pass, and I, I've talked about this. He threw a pass that I have not seen in the swag in probably 10 years. I mean, just on, and that was versus uh, TSU in the opener, and that was a 67-yarder. I mean, it was on a rope. It was – I had never seen – I have seen it because I've seen McNair do it and a couple other quarterbacks in the swag, but I hadn't seen that in a long, long time. So he has a huge arm. Let's see – uh, if they continue to roll, I mean, big wins against Grambling State, uh, against Texas Southern, and against Pine Bluff, but you still have the Braves coming up, of Alcorn. You got Southern coming up, so you got, but you you still have a, a tough road to hoe. You just have to. You've gotten off to a really really good start. Maybe we'll see if they can close the deal this year. Yeah, I mean, they got the momentum rolling, so let's see if they can keep it. So, what are you writing about this week? What what, what can we see in the uh, in the Houston Defender? Uh, from Terrence Harris well, this, this week. You know, I, I, I actually took a look at um at Kevin Porter Jr. I mean, I, I thought he got a, a, an interesting conversation going uh, last week about just, you know, mental health and just kind of where he was last year before the trade and how he just really, he feels like, you know, being with the, with the Rockets has really saved his life. I mean, you know, but just talking about just kind of what he's gone through. I mean, and obviously we know, we, we now understand the mental health and, and athletes. I mean, that's, that's, it's real. 
Yeah, it's something yeah. we have to pay attention to. I mean, and I think that they've put the right system in place, support system in place with John Lucas. And I think, you know, Stephen Silas is just, he's that kind of guy. I mean, he, he's, he's that, that warm, personable guy who, who, I mean, who really tries to connect with his players. And I think that he'll be good for a guy like Kevin Porter. Uh, I think, you know, John Lucas and having him, you know, in, in the fold and being able to be in his ear, I think is going to be huge. I mean, so I think that he's surrounded by, you know, probably a, a better situation and that they're more ready to deal with, you know, maybe some of the issues that Kevin has. I mean, so I think it could be a good marriage for everybody. One of the good things about the discussions around mental health is the humanization of these athletes. I mean, so many times we just look at them as players. And then when yeah. you get a look at a Kevin Love and uh, and even Simone Biles and some of the other stories that have been coming out about mental health, uh, I think it's really it really goes a long way in humanizing these folks that we we put on pedestals because of their athletic ability. They're still yeah. people after all. How can folks reach you on social media? Man, come check me out and uh, on, on Twitter at Terrence Harris. I mean. I'm right there for you. Come come holler at me. <laughs> All right, man. We appreciate you as always uh, and looking forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, brother. Let's do it. To have your comment heard, call 832-941-6614. I want to thank Terrence Harris, as always. Certainly enjoy visiting with him. You can hit him up on social media or leave him a comment on the sports line, 832-941-6614. Before I get into the Lamont Award, I want to uh, mention the fight. Well, first of all, let me say this. If you want to get my blood pressure up, if you want to get me fired up a little bit, all you have to do is start bringing up some sort of boxing debate. And there was one online, it was some ridiculous list of boxers, the all-time boxers, and they put Floyd Mayweather at number one. Floyd Mayweather is not a top five welterweight. Okay, let me just say this, and I know this is late in the game, but let me get this in. He is not a top five welterweight. Do you think that he could have beat Sugar Ray Leonard? Do you think he could have beaten Roberto Duran? Do you think he could have beaten Tommy Hearn? Do you think he could have beaten, if he goes up a little bit, well, he couldn't have, definitely couldn't have beat Marvin Hagler. But what about Aaron Pryor? What about that guy? What about some of the other welterweights, that, the, the Mike McCallums of the world, who or Sweet Pea, Pernell Whitaker? They're the same guy. They do a lot of the same things. I don't know. I don't. That's a toss-up. But the fact that we're having this debate about him, which you can have a legitimate debate about that in those fights. You want to have a legitimate debate about those fights. You can have them. And that's a problem for somebody they say is the the best box of all time. Get the get out of here with all of that. But there is a big heavyweight fight this weekend. As if there is is that an oxymoron? A big heavyweight fight? And not not the pun, but it's supposed to be a big fight, a heavyweight fight. Is there such a thing as a a, a mega heavyweight fight these days? No, I don't think so. But as big as it's going to get these days, you have Tyson Fury taking on Deontay Wilder for a third time. A third. So they can't find anybody, so they have to fight each other a third time. Nothing compelling is going on in heavyweight boxing. I think that Tyson Fury, he not only won that last fight, he beat Deontay Wilder up. It's hard to recover from that kind of beatdown. He got whooped. Now, that being said, he has a, he can hit him with one big punch and change some things around. 
But I think he's going to get handled. I think you cannot get beat the way he got beat. I mean, usually you can't. So we'll have to see him. He has a punch of chance. But with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, you know what? This Lamont Award could have a couple different titles. Like, uh, on this episode of Men Doing What Men Do. Or, how about this one? And you guys be the judge. You tell me. How about this one? Social media is a... Now, you take your pick. Which one do you like? But starring in both of these episodes, it's one Urban Meyer. You didn't think I was going to forget, did you? You didn't think I was going to let this one slide. Urban Meyer. Let, let's talk about Urban Meyer. So Urban Meyer is the head coach of the 0-4 Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, he has been given the keys to the city and a brand-new quarterback, a, a, a honored, accomplished quarterback in the way of Trevor Lawrence. 0-4 in the season. They brought in Tim Tebow, which was a crazy idea. I, it didn't bother me as much as it bothered everybody else. But that happened. He's not—he's just not getting it done. And so usually, you know, we've been sold the narrative that defeats are just so crushing for coaches. Well, they played last Thursday night, and they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, let me, again, put Urban Meyer in perspective. This is not some coach you just picked up off the heap. He's won national championships in Florida and Ohio State. And he enjoyed his time at Ohio State. He even has a bar in Columbus, Ohio. So they lose Thursday night. And again, we've been sold the narrative that coaches, you know, defeats are just crushing. So what do you think he did on a Thursday night when you had the weekend off? I mean, if there is such a thing as off days for coaches during the NFL season, but he had a couple of days. He didn't fly back with his team. What he did instead was stay and hang out at his bar. Oh, Herb decided to kick it. You left your team. Let them go back to Jacksonville. You stayed at the bar. Okay. Questionable, but whatever. Not the best thing to do for an Orange 14, but okay. You didn't go home and so, you know, start soul searching and wringing your hands, trying to come up with a solution. You went to your bar. And unfortunately, somebody had a camera as some young lady was in his lap. And there was a additional video of, of Urban Meyer doing a little bit more than just sitting there enjoying the rubbing or whatever that was going on. Herb got, uh, Herb got a little freaky with it. The problem is <laughs> it was on TikTok. A TikTok video was released. And Herb has been, uh, he's gotten caught up. Now, is this a fireball offense? I'm not necessarily saying it's a fireball offense. Whatever, the owners can do whatever they want to do. I probably would not fire him. But it just sort of would make me feel, I'm investing millions of dollars. Granted, I'm making millions of dollars if I'm Shad Khan, the owner of Jacksonville. But you want your team to win because that means more money, more excitement, and that's what you buy these teams for. You're going to make your money, but you also want to win. It's fun to win. 
and you are invested, you spend a lot of money and time dedicated to his winning, and you want to know that winning matters to your coach, it's hard to convince somebody that you are as invested as they are when you are. And again, look, there's 24 hours in a day. There's time to, to have anguish over a loss and get your party on. Problem is, of course, Urban Meyer sold himself as this big family man, this big, you know, whatever, whatever. And he did what men sometimes do. <laughs> and he got caught up. I don't know what this means for the home life. He's since gone on to apologize to everybody in the organization, including his players and all the front office personnel. And again, I don't think he should be fired, but I do think that he is a big dummy. You big dummy. (laughs) (laughs) Herb, look, let me tell you this. And I don't want to snitch on Urban Meyer, but Herb knew old girl. Because, again, this guy's been famous for a long time in college towns where there can be a lot of mischief going on to shame somebody or put them in compromising positions. That college coaching deal is a, is a deal, especially when you talk about Michigan, Ohio State, and the rivalry. We saw something like this happen to a coach a few years ago at Alabama on a recruiting trip at a strip club. It was Alabama or Ole Miss. It was one of those schools. I re- it just escapes me at this time. But that happened. So, I mean, if you've been famous for long enough and you know some of the pitfalls, you know people can put you in compromising positions, you're not going to get yourself in too many of those. Maybe you're drunk and maybe you do. But I'm going to kind of snitch on Herb and say, ah, he knew old girl. <laughs> you just, that ain't the first time they met. Now, again, I'm not saying whatever. I'm not judging this man at all. I'm just saying 0 and 4 and you've already made some very questionable decisions, and, yeah, it doesn't look like uh, this team is going to get any better anytime soon. So you get what you get. But with that, before I let go. Before I let go. Hey, before I let go, want to thank our sponsors, Cobank Homes and Brighter Brains. Also want to thank our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. Have to thank our guy, King T. Terrence Harris. Want to thank all of you guys for listening and investing your time and energy and enjoying, hopefully enjoying uh, what we produce for you. You uh, want to give us a call? You can. 832-941-6614. 832-941-6614. Also go to wadeswordproductions.com and on Twitter at wadesword and the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group and fan page on Facebook. And if you don't remember any of those things, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.